2019, what a year. It was phenomenal. Last week, you guys got to hear what God did through the church, in the church. But see, here's the thing about this year. God wants to start out with doing something in us. Because how can he do something through BCC until he does something in us? How many of us this year have made some New Year's resolutions? This is a yes. Good. First service, one person raised their hand. I said, so you guys are completely happy with where you were at all of 2019? Nothing's different. You're not looking for any change? And they were like, that's the way I'm going to preach to you if you talk like, think you'll grasp anything out of it? I don't. Let me tell you something. Silver and gold I do not have. But all I have, I offer you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So today I'm going to tell you how to take up your mat and walk in 2020. I'm going to tell you how to stand on your feet on the Word of God and do something different in 2020 than you did in 2019. I'm not saying 2019 was a bad year because for me it was an exceptional year. But we have an exceptional God who always trumps himself. This year was good, last year was good, this year is going to be great. He always one-ups himself. That's the kind of God he is. Father God, we love you. Father, I thank you this morning for this microphone. I thank you for this microphone and for this anointing that when I hit the stage, you meet me here again. Father, I thank you that you've never let me down. You've never left me. You've never forsake me, and you won't start now. Father, speak through me to your people today. Bring a word rightly divided amongst the people so each one hears according to their heart what they need to hear, Father. We love you. We praise you. And everybody said? Amen. Okay. So here's the title of the message. Because this is, this is an example of me. Not perfect, just present. God's not looking for us to be perfect in 2020, but he's looking for us to be present. He's looking for us to show up. How can he do anything if we don't show up? I'm by far not the most educated person that takes the stage. I'm definitely not the best looking, Pastor. I'm not the most educated. I'm not the most, I don't, I don't study the most. I'm not the most anointed. But you know what I do time after time? I show up. I just show up. I show up at Bible studies. I show up at prayer meetings. I show up at Celebrate Recovery. I show up at both services on Sunday. I show up at work every day. I just show up. And God always shows out. But the thing about it is, so many times in our head we get this misconception that if I show up, they're going to expect me to be perfect. No one expects you to be perfect. But we have expectations of your presence. Because you're not in the presence of me. You're not in the presence of pastor. You're in the presence of the almighty God who does things and changes things supernaturally when we show up. When we're not there, how can we expect him to do something? Well, this week just kind of sucked. And God, I haven't really heard from God. Have you even entered in with him? Have you ever even showed up? Have you even attempted to be there? See, God wants to do a work for you. He wants to do a work in you. He wants to do a work to you and he wants to do a work through you see everything that he does in me leads up to him doing something through me so this year as we go into 2020 how many in here are deep thinkers well I'm a lot dumber than most of you I think very shallow so I want you to do me a favor this morning take your thinking cap off I want you to just absorb the simplicity of Christ this morning Because I'm going to give you a very simple message, a very simple principle that's very applicable. I'm the guy that gives you something you can take, you can chew on it for 30 seconds, and it's going to apply to something instantly in life. I'm not smart enough to give you something three years from now sometimes, 
I'm going to give you something you're going to use when you walk out the door. Okay? That, that's just me. I want to give you, I want to give you something short, something sweet. Um, first service, my wife had to get me a water, so I brought it this time because I got cotton mouth today. Some of you know what cotton mouth is. I have it for a different reason. Don't look at me like that. I got 13 years clean. Man, looking at me all weird. Golly. So when you take the stage, when God gives you the opportunity to preach his word and to speak to his people, we don't ever want to speak without his presence. We don't ever want to speak without his power. So we begin to pray for a message. You know, when, when pastor said I was going to get to preach, I start to pray for a message. And, oh, my goodness, I've been praying for two weeks. I got it Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. So we're going to wean it today. So because, you know, and it's caused a lot of issues. It's caused a lot of stress in the last few weeks because I'm like, God, where are you? You've always given me a word. I haven't got a word yet, God. So I start reading and studying and listening to all these messages and nothing's clicking, nothing's registering. So yesterday at 7 o'clock in the morning, God woke me up, put a pen in my hand and a piece of paper in my hand, and he began to write. So today, you get something fresh and new from God. I just got it yesterday. I haven't even got to chew on it yet. But you know what? I applied it this morning. When I woke up this morning, I put into practice what he told me yesterday. Because sometimes it's that immediate response that gets that immediate reaction, right? we got to learn to move sometimes. And yes, sometimes some things go in the crock pot. I won't use the word pipe and smoke it. Some things go in the crock pot and they need to simmer for a while. Absolutely. Some of the things we've heard in 2019, we might not get till 2022. And then there it is when we need it because it's been in that crock pot stewing. Absolutely. Today's something you're going to put into work instantly, okay? So we're going to get into it. So, so New Year's resolutions. We've all made these thoughts that, okay, for me, I don't need to lose weight. Right? I'm going to change my eating habits. I'm going, to, I'm going to start exercise. I'm going to start doing all these things to do something about my physical appearance, right? Okay, sure. Yeah. By Valentine's Day, I'm going to eat a box of chocolate-covered cherries because they're awesome. I'm not going to stick with anything that I've set out to do. I'm not. I'm, I, I know better. I don't have that kind of discipline. I have a lot of desire, but a desire without discipline and dedication dies. I lack discipline and dedication, and I have a lot of desire for physical things, for physical things. So, so I know for a fact that certain things that I've thought of in my mind won't happen. You know why? Because we need to transfer it to our heart. Because when something happens in our heart, it truly changes us. It changes the way we see things. It changes the way we do things. It changes the way we perceive things. It changes everything when it transfers from here to here. To our innermost being, not the physical muscle of our heart. But when it, when it transfers to our, our spirit, to our physical inner... To, hold up, back up. Let me start back over here where I left that thought. When it transfers from our head to our heart, to our innermost being, and connects with that faith... We have a heart change. That's when things happen, okay? An everlasting change. Psalms 119.112 says, My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. To the very end. See, I want to make some changes that last till the end. I want to make some changes that, and I know that I need to work on some physical things. I'm trying Rogaine. It ain't working. <laughs> I've spent a lot of money. If you guys want to pass a bucket and take up a donation... That was a no. Appreciate your love. Appreciate your love. Yeah. I'll slick it so next time it'll reflect even worse and you'll do it. So physical appearance, I, I like to use humor when I, when I speak. You know why? 
it opens up our soul. When we laugh, we, we, we set aside the discouragement. When we laugh, we set aside the distractions. When we laugh, we don't worry about the things that aren't going right. We have a moment of joy and it opens up a door for something to come in that needs to right there. Boom, there it is. When all you're focused on is the, the negative the, the, and all this, you're not, you're not receiving. So I want to make you laugh a little bit and lighten the load, make your mood a little bit better in the room so that you can receive what God has from you. So that's why I like to make you laugh in the middle of something very serious so that it breaks that moment in your heart that's broken and, and God can let it in there. Um, it's not just to make fun of myself being bald, but it works. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. So it's important that we look at our physical body and take care of it. Yes, I want to see my grandkids, my great-grandkids, so I need, to, I need to be aware of that. It's good. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. See, I want to start looking at things with an eternal perspective in 2020. I don't want to just... Um, Think about the today and the tomorrow, but I want to think about long-term. Eternal perspective is what I want to think about. Not just a behavior change, but the belief that drives that behavior needs to change. We need to have a change in our beliefs sometimes so that our behaviors can change. I've changed behaviors, oh my goodness, I can't even count how many times. I change behaviors every time I don't like the way I'm doing something. But you know what? Until I change the belief that drives me to it, it doesn't change. It just makes a, a circle and comes back eventually. Might take a week, might take a day, might take six years. But until I change that belief or that, that core of it, it doesn't change. So I'm going to give you something really simple this morning that I learned about 10 years ago. This is something that I learned 10 years ago and then Saturday God refreshed it inside of me. Because sometimes the things that we learned so long ago lose that passion. We lose that. We don't implement them anymore. We know it, but we ain't doing it, right? I love the word ain't, by the way. It ain't, it ain't right to use that? Whatever. I'm going to give you something real simple. You ready for it? Three of you, this is going to be a tough message. Hey, you guys ready for it? Okay. I got to have a little bit of interaction because I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk with you. Okay? So this morning as we talk together, I'm going to give you something that you're going to start applying and things are going to start to change. We're looking for supernatural experiences in 2020, right? And I'm not talking around, going around talking in tongues, and I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about when I can't make something happen in my life, and I let go and let God, He does it for me. I'm talking about that supernatural intervention when my kids are going right, my kids are going left, when I got loved ones lost in addiction, and they ain't hearing nothing I'm saying, God intercedes and pulls them back into the flock. I'm talking about marriages that are falling apart, because you can't stand each other, but you start doing this every day, and God brings that marriage back together. I'm talking about supernatural intervention, because he's a supernatural God with supernatural powers, who does supernatural things. And it just begins to change everything. But we got to do some things too, right? It ain't like a genie in the bottle. Oh, yeah. Why ain't it working? I'll get to why. Ready? Here it is. Maybe, maybe not. Here's a principle that I want you to apply. Reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer. In order to know God, His will for my life, and to gain the power 
to follow his will. So now I'm going to break that down for you and tell you how all this works. Sounds real easy, doesn't it? How many of you have favorite TV shows? Praise God, I'm not the only one with cable. So we make it a point to either record or watch our TV shows. And when the sports come on, you best get out the room, right? Because that's our reserve time with the hogs, right? Okay, when it's bow season, T. Yeah, I know, brother. Won't take Jason hunting. He can't sit still. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sitting still just fine this morning. I'm proving it wrong. They took me hunting last Saturday. They were determined that they're going to give me a hobby. Works out great for them, by the way. So we, we get up in the woods, and we're up in there. And he's got this lawn chair about this wide. I'm like, all right, sit there. It's dark. I'm like, man, this, my toes are cold. It's cold out here. What's that noise, man? Got any snacks? This crossbow's pretty cool. Can I take it off safety? You're never going hunting with me again. <laughs> Got him! Hey, I just broke that getting me a hobby, didn't I? So then they're not going to drive down the hill and bring me back to my truck. They taught me a lesson, dude. They have no idea how fast this guy can walk. And yell their name the entire time I'm going down the trail. Hey, T, you see any deer yet? Alex! They ain't going to see nothing for weeks. Yeah, take me back to my truck. The whole time I'm walking out of there yelling their name, don't dry fire a crossbow either. It's really loud. Oh, it's fun, though. I love having friends who want to involve me in their life. That's what God wants. He's a friend who wants to involve us in his life. He wants to be involved in our life. So as we reserve a daily time with God, let's break it down, start with the beginning. Reserve a daily time with God. So there's an allotted time that we set aside that's delegated for me and Jesus, okay? So you have to figure out in, in your life when this works. For me, it works right now between 4.30 and 5.15 is when I get up. It's when I get quiet. It's when I sit down. I go into the living room. I take my phone, my headphones, and I put in a little bit of music. I get real quiet on the inside. And the Bible says, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test my thoughts. I'm going to use my translation. Is there anything in me that makes you sad? See, before I ever get into the Word, before I reserve a daily time with God for Bible reading, before I ever go to the Bible, I want God to examine me. And I want to know if there's anything in me that's distracting. I'm not looking for the sins. I don't want to walk into this with a sin conscience. I want to walk into this with an attitude of gratitude. When I get ready to get into God's presence, if all I'm thinking about is everything I'm doing wrong, I'm never going to enter in. It's stopping me because I'm caught up in this. So I sit down and I say, God, search me, O God, the word says. It says in, uh, I don't remember where, somewhere. He's got it. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Test my thoughts and see if there's anything in me that makes you sad. So see this examination before I get into it. What I'm doing, this in the last month or so, as I've sat down and did this, I had to remove Facebook from my life. I don't mean I just put it to the side. I had to, to deactivate it. Not because I'm looking at things. And it's, Facebook ain't sending you to hell. Don't look at me like that. We don't have a Pinterest perfect Christmas. We had three balls and a string of lights, okay? Because you know why? It's a distraction. It isn't necessarily that I'm looking or doing things I shouldn't with it, but it distracts me from God. So we removed it. And guess what? I haven't missed anything. I've seen half of you guys in Walmart last time I went. 
The other half, I'll just go to Kroger and find you. We live in a small town. I won't miss anybody, I promise. I haven't lost anything or anyone by removing a distraction from my life. Might not be a distraction in yours. Hey, I'm not judging you. I'm, I'm examining myself. This time's for self-examination before I get into the Word. So I sit down. I get my Bible ready. This is God's time, okay? Turn the phone off, whatever. Most people don't call between 4.30 and 5.15. A few of you do, but we'll talk about that later. Um, it's setting aside. Maybe your time that you set aside with God is on your lunch break. Maybe it's on your drive to work. There's got to be a time in your life every day that you spend with God. Because all we do is feed you on Sundays. I might feed you a little bit on Fridays. Maybe you wake up in the morning and you read a proverb a day. Yeah, I'm going to wake up and eat a cornflake. Same concept. It ain't enough. We got to get up in there and we got to get something in there. So we've reserved a daily time with God for self-examination so that I can get up into some Bible reading. So I can get up in here. So the word says um, in Colossians 3, 2, I'm still at reserve a time with God. Let me not get ahead of myself. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. So during this self-examination, I'm setting my mind on the things of God and getting ready to go into the Word. I'm getting ready to dig in. I'm getting ready to get some substance that sustains life. Because we got to get up in there. How many of us, and don't raise your hand because I'm probably going to say something mean if you do. How many of us in here actually read our Bible more than a verse a day? Don't, you ain't got to raise your hand. I don't want to be mean. And yes, I'm mean. If you're not reading your Bible... If you're not spending time with God, you're not going to be different. It's that simple. So we reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, for Bible reading and prayer. Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Philippians 4, 8. Here's the way we get ready to start the Bible reading. Third phase. First phase. This time's God's. Second phase. Self-examination. Part 3. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That's what I'm going to do my, during my self-examination. As soon as I figure out the distractions and remove them, I'm starting to meditate on the good things. Getting ready to enter into his presence with an attitude of gratitude. With seeing the positive things in life so that I can see some positive things in his word. I'm not always looking to get smacked down by it. I'm looking for a little gentle caressing and correction and loving. Some of that grace and that mercy coming through the word and just gently shaping me into the person, not round, the shape I want to be with God, Christ-like. Sometimes they just fall out. So, so far we've set up a time with God that belongs to God. Right? That time belongs to God. And it might change. It might have to detour through your life. There's seasons in life. So, you know, so my wife um, this morning, I get up early and I go to bed late and I wake up all night. And This morning she's like, hey, so can you get up 30 minutes earlier so we can have prayer time together? <laughs> what is that, like 3.30? I love you. <laughs> can we do it in the evenings? <laughs> but you know what I mean? And here's the selfish thing that happens inside of me. I'm like, that's my quiet time with God. And she said, I don't want to interfere with that. I just want a couple minutes before you leave in the morning. So in the process of reserving my daily time with God, I need to reserve some daily time with my wife to talk to God too. It's very important that we do that. Brings us to the Bible reading. How do we come to know God? Through reading His Word. That's how we come to know who He is, His character, 
At character attributes, that's the word. Boom, I got one. Yay for me. Thank you for the applause. You have no idea how much that means to me right now. That's how we get to know him, though, is through reading his word. I can't go out in the woods and stare at a tree and hunt and get to know God. I might get to enjoy God's presence, but I'm not getting to know him until I get up into the word. So I've set aside some time. Belongs to God. I've done some self-examination. Now I eat. Now I eat. Psalms 119, one, uh, 119 11 says, Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when I did this self-examination, yes, some things came up. So what is it that keeps me from sinning against God? It's his word hidden in my heart that comes back up when the situation arises and says, Jason, don't do that. You know better than that. Your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So in another suggestion on my end, I suggest reading your word out loud. I love to grab the Bible. <laughs> I love the way God works. So I'm just randomly opening my Bible. I like to read it out loud for this reason. My mind gets easily distracted. I go to work. I go to every place except where I'm at right here. So when I read it out loud, it's called, I call it a double portion. I get it through two sensory organs, through my eyes and through my ears. So I like to get into a quiet place like this. Quiet place where I can read it out loud. So I can say, Jeremiah 29, 11, how many know that? Okay, let me read you the last half of that. I was supposed to have read it 10 minutes ago, but hey, I said I get distracted, remember? So I opened my Bible and there it is. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Doesn't that have more power when I read that out loud? So if I'm just sitting there quietly reading it up here, guarantee other thoughts are coming in at the same time. Guarantee it. But when I'm reading it out loud, it has power. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. We always leave off 13. We want the thoughts and all that, but we ain't wanting to do our part and search after him with our whole heart. That's when things begin to change. Isn't it a huge difference when I read that out loud or turn to your Bibles? Okay, read that in your heads. It's a different ball game. Your quiet place needs to be a safe place. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17 says. I just gave you an example of that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Colossians 3, 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It says to let it live in you. See, the word of God has to have a place to live because when it's in here, it's just ink on a paper. But when I put it in here, it comes alive and it lives in me. So then when that life needs to come out, the Holy Spirit can draw it out. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I ran out of breath on that one. So, so far we've set aside a time with God, reserved a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer. So see, the reason these are on this order is because until I read the word of God and put it in me, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray the will of God until I know the will of God. So I've set that time up with God. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Test my thoughts. Examine me. And then we go to the 
word, and we learn the word, and then we go to prayer. See, and I've heard some jacked up prayers. Let me tell you, you get into the recovery ministry, they don't know the word yet, but I don't expect them to. So you get down there with them, got your arm around them. You're like, brother, why don't you pray this morning, man? I can see you're broken. Why don't you pray? And they say, God, everything I've ever touched, I've blanked up. We're both going to hell. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You done? But you know what? Earlier somebody was like, oh, would you expect anything different from them when they don't know Jesus? Jesus expects us to come to him and be real. I'm not eloquent with words. We got people over here that when they pray, you start crying instantly. When I pray, God cries. I have to be real with God. God only expects me to come to him as I am. So when I begin to pray with God, sometimes I'm like, God, I'm, I'm having a bad, I'm a basket case today, God. My emotions are a roller coaster. Every time Mandy looks at me and says something, I freak out. God, you got to help me. I can't handle it. Lord, but you told me that you'd meet my needs. Lord, but you told me that you wouldn't leave me. Lord, but you told me you'd go before me. God, I need you today. Just be real with God and he'll be real with you. If you speak King James in your prayer, you're in the wrong generation. I'm sorry, but that ain't the way we talk. That was then and the, just be real. Talk real to God and God will be real to you. Prayer is me talking. And then I'll sit down and listen for that answer. He ain't changed that part yet, by the way. Psalms 55, 17 says, Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud. And he shall hear my voice. I've heard so many people that always say I pray in my head. I don't want to do nothing from here. This thing has led me astray my entire life. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he will hear my voice. That's why it's so important that we have a quiet place where we can talk to God out loud. Cry out to him from the anguish of our hearts. Praise him because he's worthy to be praised. And sometimes I get loud. I always get loud, my bad. Sometimes I get real loud. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room. And when you've shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Some of the most blessed people I've ever met have got the coolest little prayer closet. Got to. Because, man, life around them is crashing, falling down. And they're just like, no. Oh. Why aren't you freaking out? Been in my closet. Been in my closet. Broke is a joke, but you know what? God's going to meet me. He's going to, he's going to take care of it. Been in my closet. Been taking care of things in private, and he takes care of things in public. Let me put it that way. Take care of things in private, and he'll take care of things in public. It's not what we do on Sunday mornings in here. Yes, we worship and come together in corporate worship, and we lift his name on high. But I'm giving you something today that you need to do every day when we're not here. When we're not feeding you, you still got to eat. You still got to get up in his presence. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for you to be present, to be available, to spend time with him. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. First service, man, I hit the stage. I was like, oh, my gosh. 
But I owed them one because their last week their message I just it didn't work. You guys got the good one last week. I owed them one this morning, so I prayed real hard for them. Because the flesh is weak. I woke up droggy and heavy feeling and just didn't want. I almost called in sick. Can you call in? Can I call in? No, okay. I, I did. I told my wife, I said, I'm going to send Pastor Joe a text because I'm sick. It doesn't, you don't call in sick with God. I don't just take a day off from Jesus. I'm sick, then I really need to get up in that quiet place with God. You know why? Because there's still something I need to do. I don't, you don't get a sick day. With, I'm going to take a few days off with Jesus. What are you going to do? Just go out and hoop it up and then come back? Why would I ever want to leave his presence? Why would I ever not want to be present in his presence? Ever. 1 Peter 4, 7 says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. It's inevitable. I'm going to make a statement. I was the biggest person against our security team. Inside of me, I don't like guns. I don't like, maybe it's authority figures. I don't know. But it really wigged me out. I just didn't like it. I thought it would change the tone of our services. But you know what? It's necessary. You know why? Because we live in a fallen world. So there's changes that are happening that I'm absolutely... And it does, it's okay. I don't agree with everything that's said here. I don't agree with everything that's done here. Wah! I'm going to tuck it up and run? No. I'm going to suck it up and stay. I'm going to be here anyway. That's okay. I ain't going to agree with everything. I can always pick out the one thing I don't like and talk about it. Or I can pick out the 150 things I like. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be rooted and established because you know why? I'm reserving a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer. Why? In order to know God, His will for my life, and to gain the power. Remember praying with faith? Hmm. I didn't write that right. Hmm. I don't remember how I wrote that, but I'm going to say it like this. Praying with faith when aligned with God's word, it's power. Things happen. It's when it produces results. It produces results. We wonder why there's no results because we're praying vain words. We're not praying the word. So through all this, what do we gain? We gain power. Supernatural power. I'm not talking about bowed up, swelled up heads. I'm talking about God's power. So read Luke 4 sometime. I'm going to not read the thing to you. It was when, I think it's Luke 4. When Jesus was tempted, when Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days, dude was hungry. It said so. He was hungry. So when he went in, he was led by the Spirit. When he came out, he was empowered by the Spirit. There's a huge difference that we have to grasp as we do this. We're going into this being led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit to reserve a daily time with God every day. To look at me, God. God, I want to get to know you. God, I want to talk to you. Why? Because when I get up and go out into the world, I need to have your power to get me through the day. Because I can't do it on my own. I can't. Without Christ, I'm nothing. And I know that. I'm going to read some powerful verses to you as we get ready to close. Luke 4, 16 through 20-ish. So he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Jesus had a custom of going to church. What about us? Are we going to look for perfection, or are we just going to learn to be present? 
what we do during the week, and then when we get, say, imagine you do this six days a week, reserve that time with God, get them, and then we come together on Sunday. Boom! What a powerful service. I had to move it. What a powerful service when we do our part, and then we show up on Sunday, and God does his part. Man, you want to see things happen? You want to see a full altar? You want to see lives changed, chains broken, marriages healed? Put out some effort, do some things. So Jesus had a routine of going to church. And as he stood up, and as he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 2020, what you going to do? There is power when we put into practice the principles of God. Principle for 2020, I just gave it to you. Write it down. Reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God, His will for my life, and to gain the power to follow His will. When we put this into practice, things begin to change. Jesus said in John 15, 5, He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Yay? Hey, let's get to our feet for a minute. Prayer team, please. So this morning, as we're starting a new year, and as we're getting ready to walk into a new decade, what are you going to do different? Are you going to do anything different? Are you the one that doesn't have any mm, expect, ex, whatever? Somebody give me the word expectations for 2020 see God doesn't care your education he cares your obedience he cares your presence and he'll use you to change people this prayer team up here this morning they'll pray with you for any one of your needs maybe today walking into 2020 today you've heard God speak to you and you understand that he's not Lord of your life your whole life you thought he was Savior but according to the book if he's not Lord and you're walking and breathing so maybe today you need to make Jesus Lord of your life. To just cry out. There's an, always an open spot in the middle. This spot's for you and Jesus. This represents the altar where we bring to the cross. These people will pray with you and Jesus will meet you anywhere. The spot in the middle is maybe where you just need to kneel and talk to God. Don't ever let shame, don't ever let fear keep you from doing what God's telling you to do. Would you come?